Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. You know, we had uh, one man that was, um, I guess he was invited. I, I guess I guess the uh, whole event was really centered around him and his comments, but Jerome Powell went up to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and the anticipation was that he was going to say, hey, things are much better. We're not going to increase interest rates as much as everybody expects. And then in 10 short minutes, he changed the tenor of that entire conference, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Um, people probably knew this last week, you know, Jerome Powell was speaking as, as the Fed chair and yeah, 10 minutes and he, he made some, I mean, I think strong comments of saying, you know, we're kind of laser focused on this, you call it price stability, right? I mean, which is really bringing down inflation, you know, not wanting inflation to, to keep going and going, going. We want price stability, we want inflation to be stable, whether it's a stable 4%, a stable 2%. Um, I, I think they want to bring it down to that 2% level. But he, he wants it stable. And he basically was saying, we are laser focused. We are resilient. We're going to make this happen. And that that spooked everybody. Yeah, and his comment, I mean, price stability, this comes right out of the speech. Uh, price stability is the responsibility of the Federal Reserve. In other words, he's, he's taking a strong personal responsibility for lowering inflation back down to that 2%. Mm. And it serves as the bedrock of our economy without price stability, the economy does not work for anyone. And he made an inclusive statement. I'm sure that he picked over every single word in that speech because the world is focused on what that man says when it comes to Americans' economy because it affects everybody in the world ultimately, right? Right. Yeah, all of us. And I mean, it's it's hard to understate how, how much his words matter. Um, you know, we've been talking right. a fair amount about inflation and what it means and, and looking back at, you know, past chairs and, and future chairs. I mean, he has a, he has a hard job ahead of him and, you know, it's, it's, it's not getting easier. It's a big what, responsibility. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I think, I think from a standpoint of historical references, I mean, I think that Jerome Powell, everybody's comparing him to previous chairmen, you know, going back, particularly in the seventies to Arthur Burns. And all the uh, all the Federal Reserve chairmen since then, mm-hmm. and I I think I think on his shoulders right now, as he said, I've seen what's happened in the past. I don't want to have that happen on my watch, and I, and I think he's really stepping forward and saying very boldly, "This is my job, and we're going to get it done, and we're not going to let up on what our job is until we get inflation down to about two percent, even if that means pain." To individuals and their households and businesses. I mean, he was very clear in his comments, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, the the Fed has to be kind of the adult in the room in this moment, right. um, and and do the the hard thing and make the hard choice. And and I think he was very clear, saying we're we're going to do this. And you know, the '70s is a really good example. Um, you know, we've been talking about and reading about you know that that stuff as it relates to today. And Arthur Burns, who's the chairman from 1970 to 1978. 
And one of the things that happened in the 70s is they increased. So in the 70s at this point, they were having 11% inflation, you know, higher than we have today. Substantial. You know, I mean, again, just to be just to be clear, our inflation right now is less than 5%. So 11% would be substantially higher than what we're experiencing right now. Yes, kind of extreme. And so they had 11% inflation and unemployment was about 5%. And they said, this is too high. So he increased rates, he increased the, the interest rates to 12%, you know, kind of kicked them way up. And with that, unemployment went from 5% to 9%. People were feeling the pain, inflation was coming down, things looked good. But when that, inf when that unemployment spiked up, you know, everyone started screaming and they said, great, we've done it, we've accomplished it, hooray. And they cut the interest rates down to 6%. And that pushed us into the next uh, level of inflation for the, the, the end of the 70s. We had extreme inflation again. And looking back, you know, Arthur Burns has, has made a few comments of saying, we, we missed it. Like we, we should have kept the pace. We should have kept where we were at for much longer. And I think Jerome Powell is, is hearing that. He's understanding that. And I mean, we already have Elizabeth Warren and others kind of saying, hey, this is too much. This is too much. We can't take it. But I think those cries are going to get worse. I think they're going to get louder. And I think Jerome Powell, to be the adult in the room, is going to have to persist in what he's doing to really make sure we don't have this double dip inflation issue, but really deal with it. And I, you know, from his speech, he seems resolved to do it, even if it's going to be longer than politicians and people want it to be. So you're listening to Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. We are with Tricord Advisors. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is also a certified financial planner, but he's also an attorney. And we are with, uh, we are, we, our firm is a registered investment advisory firm. And we are talking about inflation today. We're talking about basically the contents of what Jerome Powell talked about and the volatility within the marketplace and the impact of that going forward. And I think we need to talk about two key components and that is labor. Mm. And we need to flesh that out. And then also fiscal, you know, what's going on in Congress, what's going on with the executive branch to kind of counter what the Federal Reserve is trying to do. The labor right now, we have very low unemployment. So, you know, Jerome Powell is not really too concerned about driving unemployment any lower. In fact, we're probably at the lowest ebb for, for this particular economic cycle. Yeah. But he's very concerned about inflation. And he and he made he made about his clearest statement. I don't think anybody could confuse his comments in his words and saying, I don't quite understand what he's saying. I think he was very clear, you know. Yeah, yeah he's laser focused. And I think just so you said he didn't care about in the labor market at the moment saying they're fine you know it's not out of control we are going to just push on inflation and if, if if unemployment goes up i i think he's fine with that i don't know how high he'll let it go but a ways i think he's taking his dual mandate you know inflation and unemployment at the moment saying unemployment's fine we're we're focused on inflation and i think and part of that is you know covid still we're still having some covid issues there's still a number of people who are out of the market marketplace either because right. they have long covid or they've decided right. not to come back or they're remote work only so we're still dealing with that and we will for a while um, and again if you look at the labor and i'm, I'm kind of reading from comments right now that um you know 16 million working age people still have what they refer to as long covid and if we take out of that two million to four million are out of work so that adds to a labor shortage that's why when you drive around town and you see all the help wanted signs and you see that businesses are screaming for good laborers to come in. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that people just haven't come back to work yet. 
Yeah. And but with all the fiscal stimulus that we've received, there's a high demand for product and services. And this is what's building into this. This is kind of adds into this inflationary. Yeah, so, that, that, that's yeah. The, that's that second piece is the fiscal policy. I mean, the, the Fed is trying to slow things down, keep people, you know, from, you know, they're increasing interest rates just so people don't buy as much. So they don't you know, borrow as much. But at the same time, you have the fiscal policy, the government spending that is still trying to push money. I mean, that we just had the stimulus plan that, that didn't get through, but there was a, a big push to try and get that through. But then the, the debt forgiveness, and that's basically putting money in people's hands to spend. And it's it's hard for the Fed, you know, of trying to deal with a really too tight of labor. And also the, there's money being pumped by the government into the system when the Fed is trying to slow it down. So it's it, it's a difficult balance. Uh, balance. I, I think the hard part is it's not just that the government and the Fed are not coordinating. I think they just disagree. I, I think the Fed's taking the long-term adult choice to say, we need to make this better for everyone over the long-term. And I think the fiscal is saying, hey, we got our moment in Congress, we got our moment in the presidency, we need to make life better for people. Let's right. do these things that will make life better and give them more money so it's less painful. That's working against what the Fed is trying to do in the long-term. And it, it, it's a difficult moment for the Fed. Yeah, I mean, last month, I mean, uh, Jerome Powell was before the Senate and Elizabeth Warren, she went after him. And she said, you're going after inflation, but what you're going to do is cause higher unemployment. And her comments to him was that I would rather have higher inflation and lower unemployment. And Jerome Powell was, I mean, in, in that particular setting, he can all he can do is listen to what she has to say. But I think his resolve, based upon the speech at Jackson, Jackson Hole, is that we may have higher unemployment because the, un, the employment is kind of dislocated. Um, you know, people... The people that are going to work, but now companies are starting to, particularly the, I guess the high tech companies, we're starting to see layoffs. And mm -hmm. so the question is how, how quickly will those people reattach to another company? And so instead of being unemployment up, you know, I mean, we just came out with the JOLTS report. I mean, the job, job creation is, is massive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The JOLTS is the, the job know. openings. And so it's kind of saying how many, how many businesses are looking for workers? How many open spots are there? And and it's a huge number. I, I don't have it written down on what it was, but it, it's, it's one of the highest. It's we've over 11, yeah, it's a huge number. It, yeah. And, and it's one of the highest we've ever had to say that people are still hiring. And, and to your comment, you know, it's not just that people are leaving companies that happened, you know, throughout COVID. But I think we've got to a point where fewer people are leaving and retiring and migrating. It's it's more so that, that businesses are, are moving forward. They're taking that next step and they're yeah. creating jobs. They're, they're creating positions and having a hard time getting to people to fill that. And there's that natural turnaround. Like you said, people get laid off from one company to get a job with another. That's a natural, normal flow. But it, it's becoming a point where you know, people aren't getting laid off in, in the levels they have in the past and they're not getting rehired in levels. So they have these jobs that are just open. They're just waiting for people to fill them. Yeah, we just had a conversation yesterday with our CPA and his comment was he hired what, eight? Was it eight interns? Eight, he took yeah. us through kind of the process, yeah. right? eight interns and of the eight four actually yeah, it, showed up after they were hired and he yeah. said interns aren't aren't voluntary work you pay these people to come in and work yeah and they were trying to set up in their firm so they could they could have they needed people that were trained and ready to go as, as soon as they stepped into tax season yeah so they hired eight four showed up right yeah well, I think it came, came, yeah i think you're right i think it came all the way down to it it, it ended up being two like there was, there was four initially that rolled off people. and then four. And then finally, when 
when the rubber hit the road <laughs> and they started into taxis and they had two of those people on board. And he just, it was incredibly frustrating of at that point, it's too late to hire folks, all the intern pool of you know, new graduates, you know, they, they've all found places. And so they, they really struggled through this last tax season of expecting to have, you know, eight additional hands on board um, and, and down to two is what they ended up with. And, and that's, that's not a hugely unique story. You know, we've had a number of other clients and, and folks who talk about having a hard time finding folks um, and, and getting them in here. I mean, what makes this a unique time is the fact that you have this low unemployment, because typically when you talk about recession, and next week we'll probably be talking about recession and the signals of recession, but this particular inflationary moment, you don't normally have unemployment driving lower numbers. There's not more job openings when you're heading into a weakening economy. Mm. Right now, we, ha we have signs that our economy is extremely strong and businesses are continuing to hire and can't find the people to fill the jobs that they have available to them. And I mean, and it, it's just, it's this, this, and again, I think that I'm sure that's what Jerome Powell is trying to work with. And the governors are saying, we got different economics. We got different circumstances. And I think you have to go back to what happened with COVID. You know, COVID, when that occurred, it, it dislocated things. Everything kind of just went sideways for a while. I don't know. And we had different outcomes right now. Yep, yep. Well, let's take a quick break. Uh, everyone can come back and listen after this. We'll continue our conversation in just a few minutes. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. We've been talking about uh, the Fed's recent conversation. Uh, Jerome Powell spoke for 10 minutes and <laughs> made, a, made a massive change in the markets and he kind of showed his resolve. And one of the things we wanted to, to bring into this conversation also is just the autonomy of the Fed and not just our Federal Reserve Bank, but all right. the central banks around the world. You know, there's this idea to say that the Fed is politically neutral, that it's independent, that it has its own autonomy, and that it's supposed to make these great decisions. And essentially, in the last you know two major, you know, the Great Depression and um, 2008, they've they've made adjustments to the Fed's mandates after things like this. They said, "Well, we want you to be independent, but we also want you to do this." And so, so it's, the, poli it's the political imp implication is that I mean, the Fed is supposed to be apolitical, right? They're supposed to be appointed, um, but they're not supposed to have a political allegiance to one side or the other. They're supposed to make clear decisions based upon what's best for the economy. But we all know in the in the small rooms, right? And she, he goes before committees, and these people get hammered for their decisions. Yeah. I'm sure it, it it's a tough role oh. for even the best of minds. Yeah, and I mean they're going to be a scapegoat regardless, what, right. good, bad, or ugly. Someone's going to blame them and say, no, 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 our policies, whatever side of the aisle they're on, our our policies were great. 
and that Fed chairman, they messed it up. That's going to happen regardless. Um, and then on, on the flip side, what we're hearing right now is saying it's too much. You know, Elizabeth Warren's kind of leading that charge at the moment to say it, it's too much. It's too much. We can't take it. I, we need you to change unemployment. We need you to change these other things. Um, and, and the Fed has to stand up to that. And it's not just ours. Like I said, it's, it's the whole world. So there's a lot of central banks who have a similar 2% target to say we want 2% inflation. That's healthy for an economy. But in these moments, they're having to make hard choices, um, you know, ac- academically hard choices, as well as the personal toll hard choices. And you know, there's a lot of noise in there. And a lot of that noise, I feel, comes from our own senators and uh, congressmen and women, as well as the, the president. They're getting these these voices saying, no, you have to do this. And uh, it's, it's a tough role. And, and yeah, I mean, the, concern- the, fiscal, the fiscal discipline and the coordination between monetary policy that the Federal Reserve is overseeing and the fiscal discipline that Congress should be coordinating with with the Fed, they seem to be at they seem to be pulling apart. Yeah. Uh, and, and particularly Biden came out with this forgiveness of school debt, you know, twenty thousand dollars, and it's going to add more fuel to the fire of inflation. It seems to be contrary to what the Fed is trying to do. And yet, obviously, Biden didn't call up and talk to Jerome Powell and say, hmm. I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Yeah. You know, but what he's what he's doing is answering to that far left side, the more progressive side, like as Elizabeth Warren. No, we need to forgive more debt. We need to put more money into what is perceived as the underserved, whatever that means. I'm not sure exactly what that all entails, but it adds more fuel to the fire and inflation is probably going to be harder to tame if, in fact, that gets that gets passed. Yeah. Again, in, in November, we're going to see potentially a change in the political outcome. So we'll, I don't know, we, you know, the, the jury's still out on that one. Yeah. Well, it's, it's tough. I think when Congress and the members of Congress get into Congress, they feel that they need to spend funds on their priorities. Right. And that is not the same view and perspective that the, that the Fed has, you know, they have a mandate to make sure we keep things down. And if those two are coordinated, man, wouldn't that be great <laughs> politically across the aisle, if we were coordinated between the Fed and Congress, if we were coordinated. I mean, our, our country, I, I think would, would, um, we would be rocket fuel. You know, we could do all sorts of great things, but we have such a divided um, Congress, but also divided amongst all of Congress and the Fed of what they're trying to do. That it puts that puts us all in this difficult situation of they're they're pumping in stimulus, stimulus in the, in the way of debt forgiveness, coupled with trying to bring down this inflation. It, it's 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 a hard part to give more money to people to spend as well as telling people don't spend money. Like right. that that's the hard balance that we find ourselves in, and and. I, I, We'll see, but there's, I think, some concern that once we get through this, if Jerome Powell makes hard choices and makes us, you know, sustain high interest rates, say for the next three years, and you know, kind of gets into the next um, group of senators and congressmen past the next election, I could see uh, them making some major changes to say, hey, we don't like that Fed guy. We want we want easier stuff on our people. Yeah, and and changing his autonomy or changing his mandates. And again, the constituencies that have elected congressmen and senators, they want to be able to answer those people, say, it's not my fault, it's their fault. I'm really fighting for you, but these people are not doing what I'm asking them to do or what I hope that they would do. And so they're always looking for a scapegoat. And unfortunately, the Federal Reserve is is easy. Uh, I mean, you talk about a big target. They're an an easy target for somebody to say, it's their fault, not our fault. Uh, stay tuned for our section. We're again. If you'd like us to talk about anything on our radio program, 
uh, we invite you to reach out to us. You can go to www.retirementunlimited.com or just give us a call at our office at 951-684-7011. And Jeremiah and I would like to be able to flesh out a particular subject matter and bring it to you in a format that will help you make smart decisions about your money. Stay tuned for our next section. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health, and like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. Uh, this is Jeremiah and Randy Barkley, and we're going to talk about a couple ideas. Um, you know, one question we get, you know, and, and we hear, we read about people, should they keep old credit cards? Should they close yeah. out credit cards that they are nominally using or not using at all. Is that a good idea? Yeah, a lot, a lot of people, we get this question when they're trying to clean up their credit. You know, trying to, um, often when they come to us, they're trying to consolidate things, bring things into one spot, you know, make, make it a little easier to manage. Right. And they have these old credit cards and they say, well, let's get rid of these. I don't use them. The one I use is this new, whatever, 2% cash back, 5% cash back. But, but what people sometimes don't understand is your credit score uh, is calculated on a number of things. And one of the pieces is your your existing credit lines. You know, if you have a, a car loan, a mortgage, a credit card, and how often you've made payments on those and how old they are. If you only, if your oldest piece of credit was two years old, that would impact your credit score versus saying, no, no, I've had this credit card open for 15 years. And even if I don't use it, that 15 year old age is really valuable to your credit score. And then so for a lot of people, it's, it's interesting discussion so of got, saying, I'm, oh, there you go. There, there's so the credit card. Pocket secretary. You see, that? Mm. Yeah. look at that. I used, I don't carry this around anymore, but I have this in my, you know, in my person, but look at all the credit cards I got in. Now, most of these are not active anymore. I just haven't cleaned out this, all the slots and thrown these things away. Yeah. I'm just thinking the number of people, I, I see men, they'll take their wallet and they pull their wallet out of their back pocket. And my goodness, the wallet is two and a half inches thick <laughs> and they open it up and it's it's loaded with credit cards, right? Right. I'm so, thinking, how do you sit down? How do you even evenly? Yeah. Yeah. And so for it's people that, that, are, that are using credit cards, you know, often you're running it through one, running it through another, it, it can be useful for your credit. And having too many credit cards, if you're going to overspend, that's problematic. We have people get rid of them. Right. But really your oldest one or two credit cards are fairly valuable for your credit score. So we've had a number of clients who will, um, you know, cut up the cards, um, not use them anymore and say, okay, th this is, it, it's just going to sit there and exist. I'm not going to close the account. I'm just going to leave it open. Um, others will keep using an old one, but, but all that said, you know, using, having an old credit line, uh, whether it's a credit card or something else is really useful for your credit score. And so our advice usually is to keep it open, you know, keep that old line of credit um, down. We can, we can consolidate and get rid of others if that's useful, but your oldest one for most people is, is a, a real benefit to your credit score. Well, I think that, um, you know, department stores are famous for you open up a credit, I'll give you 10% off on this particular purchase, this item. Next thing you know, you got, you got all these credit scores, you got all these credit cards that you never use again, right? Right. 
Right. And that's something to be mindful of, of how much credit's actually out there. If people haven't pulled their credit score, you can go once a year and you can get it. There's a few number of places online you can look up, but, but checking your credit score, seeing what's included on it is really valuable. Making sure, sure. one, there's no fraud, but kind of cleaning things up for yourself is, is a good idea. If, if you missed any part of this conversation and want to hear more of it, you can check it out online uh, on our website at retirementunlimited.com. Also on YouTube, you can hear our full conversation. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, you can leave it in the comments uh, section below or you can give our office a call. It's 951-684-7011. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm.